It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard After a midweek of dramatic Scotland success It's time for the Betfred Cup to take centre stage The national team are back in action tomorrow As Slovakia come to Handen But before that, 15 League Cup ties With six Premiership teams in action I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Keevans A cliffhanger going on at Cove as we speak <laughs> Hibs 2-1 up A Scotland press conference with Stevie Clark About to begin at Hamden Further their moves to put together an emergency plan if the season can't finish are on the go Nicola Sturgeon asking Celtic and Rangers fans to stay at home next weekend it's all going on four hours may not be enough to cram everything in Gordon Diel's gone in early he had a pie before the show even started a half a pie uh, that tells you we're in trouble this afternoon what Gordon. happened to the woke generation yeah, yeah. I've got, the, where's the cheese board I've got myself built up this afternoon Hugh because usually it's all about the big two Celtic Rangers the top of League. This is Betfred Cup Day. There's a lot of exciting games. We've noticed that Hamilton fell to a real bad result against Annan at the week uh, during the week. Sorry. So there's a lot of shocks on that card. And if M to gets an Aki up, I will bring them a cheese board myself. I'm looking forward to some of the games, Gordon. Hoping my pal Mark Wilson gets a result up at St Johnston. Dan's is <laughs> the polar opposite. And uh, you know some good games. Queen of the South as well on the Astrotuff might get an upset against St Mirren, who's on a tough roll. Patrick Thistle playing Queen's Park, a wee derby game going on there, and then you've got the Ackies versus Air, all to play for. And of course, Hugh, the performance obviously wasn't one for the ages on <laughs> yeah. Thursday night, but the penalties were history making penalty shootout. We got the business done, we're through to the final. We've now got these two other games. Can we get some sort of continuity, some sort of performance level going forward? In the midst of everything that's going on With viruses and injuries and, and all the rest of it So it should be an interesting couple of days On the international front I don't think we'll get continuity I, I think that uh, Stevie Clark will be obliged To look after Celtic and Rangers players Who've got uh, a, an issue of their own To take care of next Saturday uh, I think if you bring in Paul McGinn And uh, Andy Considine You're of a mind To shake things up a bit midweek Okay, let's go round the grounds then Plenty to get through this afternoon On the pitch, of course, we will talk Scotland Stevie Clark's press conference uh, In about half an hour's time as well But always interesting to shine a light on some teams That we don't often get the chance to uh, Where will we start? I like the look of this A nice local one for us A Glasgow derby Partick Thistle mm. up against Queen's Park Mark Guidi there for us Yes, thanks very much, Gordon I'm just jotting down the... Queen's Park uh, team I'm just looking at it. I'm going to give you them. I can give you both teams very quickly of course Partick Thistle they started their league or sorry their campaign in the Betfred Cup on Wednesday night a defeat uh, against St Mirren and Paisley but today Ian McCall goes with a 4-4-2 formation at Snedden goals at the back Foster, Brownlee, McKenna and Penrith in midfield Doherty, Bannigan, Spittle and Gordon and up front it's Graham and Rudden for Queen's Park their first competitive game since the 7th of March it was a League 2 fixture away to Stenden House Muir and it was a nil-nil draw but for Ray McKinnon's team this season they're expected to fly there's been a good bit of investment made and they are certainly going through you look at some of the talent that is in their team I uh, don't have the formation but the starting 11 is Muir and goals and it's Morrison Grant Robson Longridge McHugh McLean Lyon 
Patterson, Gillespie and Doyle and uh, you're right Gordon what you said at the top uh, there an interesting match Betfred Cup Patrick Thistle should win the game but with the level of investment at Queen's Park the type of quality they've got in their team you wouldn't be surprised if they made life very, very difficult today for the Jags. Yeah, Queen's Park is going to be a story to keep an eye on, Mark, this season because, as you say, of that level of investment. You've run through the team there, a number of players that have played either in our Premiership or at the top end of the Championship now playing their trade for Queen's Park. So the expectations on them, primarily in the league, but maybe to cause uh, some upsets in this cup as well. I mean, you you mentioned some of the guys there... um, I'm trying to think of the ones that jumped out at me at the time. Yeah, Grant Gillespie, Louis Longridge, yeah, from uh, who were at Hamilton Ackies. Gillespie played in the middle of the part. A real warrior, Louis Longridge. Got a wee touch of class, can play out wide. You've you've got um, Peter Grant Jr., who we all know about, vast experience, centre of defence, and then Bob McEwen, ex Motherwell player that you know. Yeah, you mentioned Ross McLean as well, didn't you? Yeah, McLean and Michael Doyle as well, who's been been round the block um, mainly in the championship and he's a real able performer so Ray McKinnon has as I said a really good squad and it will be an interesting test but you look at Partick Thistle they're down uh, all the summer uh, of discontent and quite rightly so uh, from them but you look through their team Ricky Foster Stuart Bannigan Blair Spittle they've just gotten loan Brian Graham the left back Penrice who's attracting uh, a lot of interest so Partick Thistle under Ian McCall still have a very good lineup too I mean Hugh Keevans uh, friend of the show Cammy Bell last time he was in was Telling us no expense spared that Queen's Park, not just on, on playing staff, but you know, they've got the, the full the full GPS system and all the rest of it for analysis and tracking players at training. Yeah. Clubs at that level would kill for that sort of stuff and, and Queen's Park have, have got it. So let's see if it reflects on the pitch. Well, I think you're absolutely right. It's a very interesting story to watch. Queen's Park uh, investment there from Lord Hockey, although he always tells me, just call me, will he? Uh, so Lord Hockey's put the money in. Uh, and the full time uh, Throughout all of my life They were the jolly old queens The spiders They played at Hamden And everyone said What a what a joke this is Amateur football team In a professional setup Playing at Hamden In front of nobody But now The world has changed And Queen's Park have changed with it So Partick Thistle After getting a sore one It must be said Midweek against St Mirren They'll be looking to To do something At Firhill do you think that siege mentality Mark I know this isn't league football But is that something Partick Thistle can use I'm sure we'll reference Other clubs as well But they feel They were harshly treated Lots of people agree Can that lead to A, a kind of siege mentality Something that you can use In your favour Yeah you'd like to think so You know I think it was A real wrong what happened uh, To Partick Thistle It really was It's one of the scandals Of Scottish football uh, History And um, I hope that Partick Thistle Use it I hope that Ian McCall who's a wise manager, plenty of experience, like I said, running through the team there, they've still got a real good uh, squad here, and uh, yeah, I hope that Partick Fish will come straight back up, and I think they will. Okay, let's take a look at some of the other fixtures, some fascinating ones wherever you go. Premiership team Hamilton Ackies got a bit of a shock the other night against Annan, and they welcome Air United to the Foy Stadium. Alison Conroy's there. Yep, good afternoon from Hamilton, Gordon. As you say, that 3-1 defeat at Annan on Tuesday night for Hamilton Ackies up against an Air United side who won 5-2 at Albion Rovers. Two changes for both sides. Air United have Mark McKenzie starting up front today after a late Scotland under-21 call-up for Bruce Anderson forced him into that change. 
the game on pay-per-view today on Hamilton TV and they are giving a percentage of that money to today's opponents, Air United, as well. So the teams, first of all, for Hamilton Ackies, it'll be Ryan Fulton in goal, a back four of Lee Hodson, Hakeem Adolphin, Scott McMahon and Ben Sterling. In the midfield, Callum Smith, Regan Mimdo, Charlie Trafford and Ross Callahan, with David Templeton playing in behind Marius Ogpo. On the bench for Ackies today, Scully, Collar, Martin Hughes, Stanger, Moyo, Monroe, Owalabi and Johnson. For Air United, it will be Valjami Sinsala in goal, a back four of Aaron Muir Sam Roscoe, Jack Baird and Joe Chalmers. In front of them will be the two of Michael Miller and Andy Murdoch. Then the midfield three of Luke McCowan, Michael Moffat and Dario Zanata. Your lone striker for Air United this afternoon, Mark McKenzie. On the bench, Houston, Hewitt, Love, Hare, Reed, Kerr and Smith. Yeah, I think that's great. I think what Alison says there about putting the game, clubs of that stature, put, giving the fans an opportunity here to buy it. And I think she mentioned that they're actually going to give air a percentage of the gate also. So if you're not doing anything, tune in. Yeah, I think that's something that can be, it's going to affect a lot of these fixtures, that type of arrangement. Oh, maybe we should pick a game. Will we pick the game at McDermott oh. Park where we get it on in the studio so we, you can... Listen, I'll actually pay for it. That's how much I'm looking forward to it. Well, 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 let's go there on, on on that topic. St Johnston against Brecon. If he wasn't in the dugout, he would be in here. Mark Wilson, watched today by Roger Hanna. I'm thoroughly looking forward to watching Mark Wilson's team this afternoon. I spoke to him earlier on. He was giving me the uh, the outline of his two changes from the side that lost 6-2. Yes, 6-2 to Dundee United in midweek. He was telling me how well Brecon played and how the game was in the balance that the fifth went in. Um, but it, genuinely, it, it's been a, a tough fixture schedule, if you like. Brecon City finished bottom of League 2, the fourth tier last season, as you know, Gordon. Their first two games in the Betfred Cup this season, the first games for seven months, both against Premiership opposition. They did lose 6-2 at home to United in midweek, and it's a decent United side. I've seen them a few times this season for Super Scoreboard. Um, so it, it was no shame losing that game. He's then got St Johnson away from home, another Premiership side today who finally broke their scoring duck in midweek when they opened their own Betfred Cup campaign with a win away at Kelty Hearts. And then this midweek, they go to Peterhead, a League One team, in their final preparatory game, if you like, before the League Two campaign starts against Edinburgh City at Glebe Park next week. So it is a very... A harsh start, if, if you like, for breaking Mark is uh, assisted this season by Simon Donnelly, who's come in, but of experience at a higher level of coaching. He was at Dundee United, of course, other sides down south with Jackie McNamara. So together, they hope they can they can spark an upsurge in, in Breakin's fortunes. It was interesting listening to, to Mark there speaking about the Queen's Park team and, and some of the guys that they've got and some of the money that's been made available by Lord Hockey as, as they come out of amateur status into the professional game. Breakin don't have a lot of that, so Mark and Simon have spent this on months just trying to piece things together, free transfers loan signings and the like, there are a couple of lads in the squad, I'm sure you'll be aware of Michael Payton, formerly of Aberdeen he comes into the team today, there's the likes of Martin Scott who's played top flight football for Livingston, he's in the bench Jonathan Page who played top flight football for Motherwell, he's in the bench as well today, he's one of the two changes, he steps down after that midweek defeat, so um, I believe the manager of Breakin is going to come to speak to us before 3 o'clock to outline 
his hopes and expectations for this afternoon. But I think a bit like Tuesday night against Indy United at Glebe, I think his his lands are going to be up against it this afternoon, Gordon. I mean, Roger makes a good point though about you know getting that experience, that that know-how, springing Simon Donnelly on board. You have, you always have to pick your number two carefully. Um, Mark Wilson had to think about it, looked at who was available, looked at who he trusted, who had the, the relevant skill set, Gordon DL, yeah. and it went for Simon Donnelly. I'm, I'm delighted he went for Simon Donnelly. Um, uh, Roger was saying that they're working on a lot of things, obviously not defensive things, because six down already and plenty more this afternoon. Um, no, we backstabber uh, said it's quite, <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite entailed to go there as number two. Can you imagine? You know, travelling away up there to break. Do you know what worries me is that someone's tuned in for the first time and thinks this is serious. We should, we should just, we should just. <laughs> yeah, it's serious. There's, there's a bit of bitterness that Gordon DL didn't get the nod. That's 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 all we're I just alluding hope, to. I just hope it's not Simon Donnelly's lawyer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Forget him. Hugh, this is this is if you look at Wilson, this is where he's falling down big time, and it will be shown this afternoon. He'll be on begging to me. If you look at his career so far, when he went into coaching. He succeeded once And who was beside him? Who was his crutch? Who did he come for every day At Ravens Craig for advice? Was it we said? No it wasn't (laughs) It was a dazzler Anyway, moving did, did swiftly you, on. Did you feel this way when you were seven down to Rangers as air <laughs> That's not that doesn't suit his argument as you would say. Um Fraser Wishart's watching Queen of the South against St. Mirren this afternoon. Hi Fraser. Hi, good afternoon everybody. And of course, uh, like many of the lower league clubs, it's the first game at Palmerston since the 29th of February. Lost 4-0 to Morton pre-COVID and such as the strange times in in Scottish football and the delay to the lower league season. But both these teams a decent start to the League Cup in midweek. Queen's got an extra point from the penalties. And uh, after a draw away from home to Morton, and they came back from two down. So they were feeling quite good. And Saints, of course, got back on the winning trail, beating Partick Thistle 4-1 at home. Queen's unbelievable. Had nine debutants on Wednesday. And a huge turnaround in players. Unlike most lower league clubs, they only had three players signed over the summer. A long summer of uncertainty for the lower league clubs. The difficulty, of course, for Alan Johnson is that they're only playing their second game as that completely new team, whilst at Mern are well into the Premiership season. And Jim Goodwin will be hoping that the League Cup can bring that winning habit back before Wednesday's victory, six defeats in a row in the league. But winning can become a good habit, even if it is against teams in lower leagues. They've had injury and suspension problems recently, which hasn't helped Jim. And once he gets his full team back together and his key players on the pitch, they still have a look of a decent team. Although they're working with a smaller squad, of course, didn't fill their bench last week against Aberdeen. They'll have to cope with the plastic pitch, of course, and the Queen's talisman. We talk about him all the time, Stephen Dobie. What a great career he's had. Unbelievable scoring record at this club. He'll be 38 in December, but shows no sign of slowing up at all and scored in midweek. The teams for Queen's, they go with a 4-4-2 formation and a run change from the game in midweek. Rohan Ferguson's in goals. Willie Gibson, Gregor Buchanan, Ayo Obelai and James Maxwell are in the back four. Connor Shields, Dan Pybus, Joe McKee and Eddie Fitzpatrick in midfield with Stephen Doby and Ewan East as the two strikers. Jack Leefield, Harry Robinson, Tommy Goss, Naya Joseph, Calvin McCrory, Rhys McCabe, Nottai Norte, Kieran McInespy and Disto Silla are the substitutes for St Mirren. They go with a 4-4-1-1 formation. Jack Annex in goals. Back four, Marcus Fraser, Joe Shaughnessy, Sam Foley and Richard Tate. Across the middle, Kyle McAllister, Nathan Sheron, Ethan Erahon and Ilkay Durmas with Jimmy McGrath off the lone striker, Lee Erwin. The subs, two goalkeepers again for Jim Goodwin, Deed Linus and Peter Urminski. And they are accompanied by Cammy McPherson, Dylan Connolly, Juno Marias, Sam Jimison and Jonathan Obika. And the referee today at Palmerston is experienced Willie Collum.
And the great thing is We're only so early In the lower league season And we already know That that name will not be beaten Naughty Naughty Hugh Keevans <laughs> yes. It doesn't get any better than that <laughs> I, I, you, An old hack like yourself A newspaper writer's dream uh, Well no You tended to forget that It's too difficult Just concentrate on somebody else But what also will not be Beaten this season Is the save that Barnes and the Hibs goal Has just made to Deny Cove a 2-2 draw against Hibs Magnificent volley from Higgins Who scored with a great free kick for Cove in the first half An absolutely magnificent volley But Barnes in the Hibs goal Claws the ball away just underneath the bar Fantastic end I think one of the things that's good about this competition Hugh Is you get an opportunity to see teams like Cove Because as you rightly said there The free kick that Higgins scored earlier on Up and over the wall was a terrific free kick And his technique with his other foot there is left Mm -hmm. For the volley was magic Yeah some big hitters out for Hibs um, On the pitch today But it's Cove 1 Hibs 2 So it looks like they will scrape through um, A comeback from being a goal down Let's go to Dave Galloway Another of our Premiership teams in action today Looking to avoid that cup shock It's Dundee United against Peterhead Hi Dave Hi Gordon Well there's added incentive to this tie As Dundee United legend Jim McAnally Takes his Peterhead team here to Tannadice United of course Looking to keep the goals flowing after slamming six past Brecon City in midweek but boss Mickey Mellon says the blue tone won't be taken lightly and he expects a tough test against the League One side who are playing their first game of the season. Worth noting that when these two teams met here in the Challenge Cup a few years ago their last meeting um, it took the Tangerines extra time to edge through 3-2 so we'll see if we get served up another uh, cup thriller here this afternoon. Uh, The Dundee United team, it's uh, Dennis in goals, then the outfield players Liam Smith, Connolly, McMullen Pollitt, Cammy Smith Edwards, Robson, Butcher Bolton and Hark so a pretty strong lineup there, the substitutes Alexander, Powers Reynolds, Hoti, King Fotheringham, Mockery, Appery and Nielsen as for Peterhead, don't have the subs through yet but the uh, starting 11 is uh, Ray in goals, then Mulligan Jason Brown, Bailey Conroy, Ferry, McCarthy, Scott Brown, Lane, Boyd and Armour. And your match referee here at Tannadice is Bobby Madden. OK, that's the scene set then for our featured matches this afternoon. That just scratches the surface, so plenty of other fixtures uh, to keep an eye on as well. Uh, so we won't uh, miss out on any of them. Another nice local one for us, Clyde against Dumbarton. Uh, already Paul Patterson's been in touch to say back in action, but for the first time I'm just concerned about the live stream. Um, I'm more concerned how that works than how the team will play so hopefully Clyde will win he says uh, but loads of fixtures in the Betfred Cup this afternoon and of course we've got one eye or maybe more on Scotland as well the performance may not have been what everyone was wanted but the result certainly was we are through to the final of those Nations League's playoff after a dramatic penalty shootout victory against Israel we'll get all the guys involved and take a look back on that next Action as it happens your reaction from five on the open line. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Duke Evans, Gordon Deal, and Alex Ray are in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds as well at this time on a Saturday. We tend to take a look back on some of the biggest stories doing the rounds in Scottish football. And I think there's only one place to start, Roger Hanna. That would be Scotland's victory the other night. It sparked uh, great scenes of celebration, I'm sure, at full time. And then lots of soul searching about. The performance level versus the result and, and how we go forward How do you look back at it all? 
Um, well, if next summer Scotland are running out against England at Wembley and running out against Croatia and the Czechs at Hamden, I won't hear a single person saying that 120 minutes against Israel was absolutely rubbish. Um, it's all about qualification and we're a step closer to it. The penalties were as good a set of five penalties as I can ever remember, although I think John McGinn's heartbeat will still be a little irregular after the first one, certainly the second to the fifth one were superb, and we're going to Serbia now, November 12 a decent Serbian side, but right at the very start of all this, if you had been offered 90 minutes or 120 minutes in Belgrade against Serbia to get to a first major tournament in 23 years, I think we're all taking it. Mark Guidi yeah, we're, we've, we've, uh, we're into the final and there's not really much more you can say other than and take that as a positive. I, I, you know, I don't go in for this, you know, jumping the bandwagon or we're, we're terrible with this. We're, you know, when was the last time we did play particularly well? You know, we've not qualified for a tournament for 22 years for a reason. So we're one step away now. It's going to be a hell of a tough game away to, to Serbia and you look at the result that they got uh, away to Norway uh, with Haaland and all sorts and, and Norwegian team so you look through some of the individuals in the Serbian team and their top draw but we have some real good players as well and it might just suit us Gordon we've got to think that being away from Hamden even though there's no fans in the stadium on Thursday night there does look as if there's a, a pressure naturally a slight uh, anxiety amongst some of the players and maybe that will just the, the shackles will be off a wee bit uh, away to Serbia but let's get behind Steve Clark and the you know we didn't play very well we didn't play very well against the Czech Republic last month but we won and we got through in penalty kicks last night the goalkeeper played his part by pulling off a save right at the start and then the five boys have tucked him away so let's just give them credit because they've had plenty of kickings over the years uh, Fraser Wishart will bring you in as well yeah, totally agree with the guys. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the 1974 World Cup and every single major tournament since, and we seem to find new ways of playing well and getting knocked out. And in, in recent years, again, we've played well even in playoffs and got to almost to, to final games and group stages, even though the, the campaign with Gordon Strachan as well, I mean, you lose by the odd goal. Uh, so, yeah, listen, we have got to, to just take it as a victory. I mean, Israel are a sim similar standard to us. The players are playing at a similar level to ours. So, therefore, we beat a team of a similar level. And I, I just think sometimes... I think social media creates it, and I think a lot of it's tongue-in-cheek, but sometimes it just creates a lot of football snobbery. There's always chat about philosophy and things like that as well. In the end, if you're not playing brilliant football, it's about grinding out a result. And, and you know, our players on the night held their nerve, and we are one game away. I was speaking to my colleague at the Norwegian Players' Union uh, afterwards, and he said that Sarah were very good against them, so we are up against it. We are the underdogs, but time and time again, we come back and we show when we're, when we're the underdogs. And if you look at the team the other night, there could be five or six changes from, from that team to the one that plays against Serbia. You know, we, we were without um, McKenna, we were without Palmer Forrest was injured, Stuart Armstrong and Christian Tierney, of course, because of the COVID. And dare I say, Lee Griffiths, with Celtic's problems up front in the next few weeks, Lee Griffiths is going to play, have a part to play, and I really hope, he's still our best striker in my eyes, and I really hope that Lee can get himself match fit and get a couple of goals behind him, because he could be somebody that could come into the team, and all of a sudden, things are looking rosier. But as the guy said, we are one game away one game away, one big performance and if we play rubbish in Serbia and win in penalties, nobody will give a jot. Yeah, that has to be the headline Hugh Keevens, at the same time you can understand people who want to dig a little bit deeper and say we would just prefer to begin into it in a bit more of a, a confident level of performance I do not 
except it is an act of treason to say something negative about the Scotland performances of late. We played the fourth best Czech Republic team in the Czech Republic and with a narrow squeak at 2-1, we have effectively drawn twice with Israel on our own home ground. So I do not, you refer to it, Gordon, as soul-searching. For me, it's quite simply an analysis of what has gone on. And the problem I have with the job done mentality is that one day you hit the glass ceiling with it. Rangers were getting the job done in Europe until they met Bayer Leverkusen. Celtic were getting the job done until they met Ferenc Varos. And that was the end of that. And Scotland, on this particular form, narrow squeak against uh, the Czech Republic, two draws effectively against Israel, they will have to be Mm. substantially better. And I don't think it's being unpatriotic to to point that out because Stevie Clark has a Scotland team like Kilmarnock who are hard to beat but in Serbia I suspect we're going to need more than that we are going to have to go there and try to win the game from the off because if we sit back we know what will happen I can totally take on board sorry on you go Mark no I've just said nobody's disputing whether it's Steve Clark and any of the players that the performances haven't been great we know that it's not like they're trying to tell us that black's white and we know, we know when, we're, when we're being fooled but what we're saying is I think for going into the game against Israel there the other night and certainly going into this game against Serbia regardless of how we get on tomorrow against the Czech Republic and or sorry Slovakia tomorrow in the Czech Republic I think what we're saying is just try and have a bit of positivity try and make the players and the manager feel as good about themselves as possible they're not trying to kid us on we know that but we're not going to find some magic solution between now and the middle of November we are where we are, where we are. we've got the talent that we've got and I just think if the nation shows some kind of positivity, it will help. It's not going to guarantee anything. No we go out and tell lies. But every wee bit, as they all say when, you're, when you are successful in any sport, it's the small gains, it's the small margins. And if the nation, including the media, without being cheerleaders, but just try and be a wee bit positive, it's we begin- know we didn't play well. It's beginning, we to, know sound that. Like, it's beginning to sound like Yuri Geller when uh, Wayne Rooney damaged his metatarsal or David Beckham or whoever it was. The nation will support the country of course they will but they will reserve the right whether it's club football or international football to have a view and some people of course but what I'm saying is you until when we're in the build up to the game if it all goes wrong and it's a shocker then yeah let's dissect it as we always do we've dissected the last 9 or 10 campaigns because we haven't qualified but what I'm saying is between now and November the 12th or November the 10th whatever it is the 12th my bit of positivity it's my birthday I know you've been sending me a card (laughs) We'll go out that night Watch the game <laughs> I, I think there's arguments In both, both sides And I totally agree I know where Mark's coming from And I know where Hugh's saying Because it would have been great The other night To get a good performance Encouraging But once again It'll go back to old cliche It's about the result The one positive I took from the game It was terrible But the one positive I took from the game was just apart from Roger saying there, McGinn, really, I'm not a penalty kick watcher. I was never, especially when it was a pressure one, McGinn. But see, after that, I thought the boys handled the situation brilliant. And I think they've got to take a big, big pat in the back for that. Guys like Lauren Shanklin, for instance, been brave enough to walk up. Now, I know that people say, well, there's an empty stadium. But he knows, it doesn't matter if there's 50,000 or nobody. He knew the pressure on that penalty kick. Guys like him, Ken McLean, who come off the bench... I just thought that, like Mark, there's positives that we've got to try and take into the next game. Uh, but I also uh, agree with you in the sense that if we keep playing like that, 
you know, we're in trouble. Oh, listen, that, some uh, of the guys who miss penalties, guys, through the week. Matt Doherty, £15 million pounds to Tottenham in the summer, missed the penalty that put Ireland out. Zahavi, what a good player Zahavi is up front for Israel. You know, played at the top level, missed the penalty that put Israel out. So you need to take your hat off, as Dan says, to the likes of Lauren Shanklin. Until a few months ago, Lauren Shanklin was playing championship football in Scotland, and yet he's got the courage to step forward. Terrific penalty. Kenny McLean, terrific penalty. McTominay, McGregor, terrific penalties. They didn't play especially well, but when they were needed, they the bottle to Roger, get through. Roger, why did we need a penalty shootout? Because we never had a Sean Tabby. Correct. For two hours of open play, Roger, our two shots at goal were headers. So we have to ask ourselves harder questions than they were great penalties no one is disputing but that is no, but question, is is why did we need a penalty shootout in the first it's place it's a big question simple uh, Hugh the, the fact of Thursday night I know what you're saying because we always talk about Celtic Rangers oh they're not playing at their best right but on Thursday night we could have went out there and played very well and lost the game it was all about the outcome and I, I totally agree I thought when but we got to but that's you can only comment on what we've actually saw yeah, you know, but, so what, what, what we saw was Scotland going through the final. Yeah, I, 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 I said that there's two points. That you, you get supporters. You listen to some of the young kids. They're raving about it, you know, because it's the first penalty shootout we've actually qualified to go through to something uh, in my lifetime. So when you look at that, you go brilliant. Everybody's happy, and you get it, and they're into the final, which is great. When you actually step back and actually look at the performance and what they're bringing, you know, we mentioned the good players that we have got. Now some of the guys were touching on like uh, Sap, uh, Tadic. Milenkovic, uh, Mitrovic, big Mitrovic. So you look at all these guys; they're quality players. They're going to have to do so much better, and we we have to recognise that. We can't just go; it's a brilliant performance because there's a bigger picture. And over the course of the last few games, I don't think anybody poor. says it's a brilliant performance. Don't think it's a brilliant performance. No, Nobody one person said it's a brilliant performance. No, no, no. Right, right, let me rephrase it. But what I'm saying is, it was a poor performance. Of course, it was. There's so really we know to say that then. Uh, Fraser. No, of course, of course, no, no. Listen, there's a balance here, and nobody's saying that. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I've, I was watching the game, Alec, and I was critical of the team. I was watching it through my fingers. It was awful. Not that Israel were battering us. Well, Israel weren't any, any better. It was just one of these days. And you've been a pro. I've been a pro. Where you think you're playing poorly. I mean, you just have to grind it out. Now, if we do lose to Serbia and play in the same way, then of course I think questions need to be asked. But if we play the same way to Serbia and we get through, we'll not be having a conversation like this about the performance in Serbia. I think it's, it's absolutely appropriate. Analyse it. And we're not playing well enough. We haven't played well enough recent games, but often enough you play poorly and you lose. So uh, nobody's saying that you, 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 you paint over the cracks. Not at all, Alec. Fraser, but nobody's Fraser. saying it was a great performance. Far, far from it. It was really poor. It was an awful game. Fraser, but we got through. Fraser, we have players who are playing in the top flight of English football and then you have the old firm players in the mix. Do you? Does anybody actually think that we're getting the better out of all these players when they're watching them for Scotland? Because I actually look at guys that are household names and you're looking going, really? And the only area where I'd cut uh, Steve Clark some slack is that uh, we're... Not blessed up front at the moment with the, the very best. And I agree with Fraser that uh, keep an eye on Lee Griffiths because uh, no matter what is going on with him, he does know where the goal is and that applies to his performance as a Celtic player and as a Scotland player. So I'd be keeping an eye on him uh, between now and the 12th of November because he could be... Uh, an important man for Stevie Clark because we, we need more of a cutting edge.
Uh, Roger Hanna I think we'll break away From the Scotland chart For just a, a second or two You've been joined By a special guest At McDermott Park Is that right? We said Well <laughs> We had to interrupt the, Had to interrupt The Scotland chat To bring a former Scotland international To you Um it was a subject of one of our, one of our uh, was it not a full time teaser last week, Gordon? One cap wonders. The old firm stars who had won one cap wonders. Daz was arguing with it. He said he only got half a cap, but he's um he's in SPFL management. He's in Betfred Cup management today, and it's uh, quite a start you've had to the Betfred Cup. Mark Dundee United from the Premier League on midweek and now St Johnson at McDermott Park on a Saturday. The fixture computer's not been very kind to you. That's been rubbish. To be honest, <laughs> lodging a complaint with the SPFL. Uh, it's going to be another tough one today, no doubt about it. Dundee United was a, a steep learning curve for some of our players. Um, we played well, funny enough. I think we were chatting about it in the show on Thursday night, but we actually played well and created chances. Yeah, two open at the back, and against Premier League opposition, you're always going to get punished. So, like, it'll be exactly the same today. And uh, these two games are a bit of a free hit for us, but you still want to go and try and get the best account you can possible of yourself and you want the young players to enjoy it but the only way they enjoy it is by not getting stuffed and that's the game plan Gordon Dale was in the show earlier on you don't get a lot of sympathy from him as you oh, look. Doesn't, look as a, doesn't look as if you're getting a lot from uh, Callum Davidson either a full strength in Johnson's side this afternoon yeah yeah uh, and I think that's been uh, been uh, what the Premier League teams have done this year um, you know I looked at St Johnson midweek as well Dundee United midweek it's not as if they're playing their young boys or going out with full strength squads. Um, but again, a good test. I mean, if I was a young boy in the breaking side, I'd love playing against Premier League players on this pitch. The pitch is brilliant. That's the best I've seen this pitch look. I've played in it plenty of times and had a shocker because it's been bobbly. No, not through my ability. But it's uh, it's a good test for them. I would look at that team and think, brilliant, I'm going to test myself against guys who have 150, 200 games under their belt in this, this division. So, nah, uh, we wish them all the best. And, Again, it's a free hit for and, these boys. I was just watching you doing your stuff. You saying this club sports scientist is away in international ah, duty with yeah. the Scotland under twenty ones. Yeah. I was watching you put the players through it. This is the kind of hands-on stuff you didn't get from a director of football at a previous. No, club. no, no, because he was he was barely even there at the games, so he, he had to listen to Super Scoreboard for the results in the the previous games. Now, I, I assume it's the way with Scotland twenty one. So these are the bits and pieces that we have today. Uh, I don't think Gordon Dale would have been done there doing the warm up. That's for sure. There's absolutely yes, no chance. Any, any good luck messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but Mark, Mark, I, I texted you this morning. I says, "What's your tactics?" You say, "As well, we're going to try and outscore them." Just one question: Have you got guys that could maybe score seven or eight this afternoon? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, we'll try our best. <laughs> well, hold on a minute. Where are, where are Am I right in saying you had a semi-final at Hamden? Did you? What was the score oh, that one yeah. again? <laughs> <laughs> You've plenty of experience, hey, aye. I asked him. I asked him earlier on, Mark, if that's how he felt about football when he was seven down to Rangers at Hamden. Right, we'll leave it there, Mark Wilson. It goes without saying. There's four of us in the studio. Three of us are backing you. I think there's one who's not, and it won't take you long to guess who that is. But thank you, Mark Wilson, taking his break inside to St Johnson today. Uh, we've got lots of good fixtures, though, and we'll go back around the grounds next. The team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Big day of Betfred Cup action, big week of international action as well. We've got guys all around the grounds building up to kickoffs at three o'clock. We've had one game that's done and dusted already, though, Hugh, in the Betfred Cup. Tell yeah, us all about it. Hibs got there 2 1. Uh, it was a terrific game. Uh, Paul Hartley can be very proud of his Cove Rangers side. They went in front through Higgins and a terrific free kick. 
But then Hebs, who had missed plenty of chances, came back with two fine goals. And we had that incredible save from the Hibs goalkeeper Barnes taking the place of Marciano because he's in international duty with Israel. Barnes' save again from a magnificent volley from Higgins was out of this world. So Jack Ross, a, a relieved man in the end, but Paul Hartley can be proud of the way his Cove Rangers team played. Yep, so Hibs uh, getting the win against Cove Cove did ever so well uh, One thing that did jump out for the game And it just got me thinking Not really anything to do With what was happening on the pitch um, No fans allowed in So some fans found creative ways of watching the game We had one gentleman caught on TV Pretty high up a ladder <laughs> That he had leaned against a nearby <laughs> lamppost Or floodlight or something He was caught on TV He was taking a phone call at the time I don't know if that's advisable Phone calls up a ladder uh, And it just got me thinking Just to keep us occupied throughout the rest of the afternoon why not get in touch with us on Twitter and tell us the weirdest place you've ever watched a game of football? Because I think we could come up with some brilliant answers to that. I know lots of you live colourful lives. <laughs> so where is the weirdest place you've ever watched a game of football after being up a lamppost, uh, up a, a ladder on a lamppost at Cove uh, this afternoon? Get in touch and let us know. Let's go back around the grounds though and build up to kick off. Queen of the South uh, against St Mirren, Fraser Wishart. Uh, where, where are St Mirren at at the moment Fraser I noticed a, an interesting reaction Funnily enough when we're talking about Scotland points versus performances A very convincing scoreline for St Mirren the other night Yeah a lot of fans were still um, a bit frustrated at certain elements of the performance Yeah they're the low in confidence Gordon You know, and I, I think they're below where they should be you know, I think I tipped them to be 7th or 8th in the league and I think they have signed good players, but uh, they're running with small squads, a lot of the teams. You know, Jim Goodwin only had four subs last week against Aberdeen. They're just trying to keep the cost down and keep the quality up and then bring in the players on the normal salaries. But when you get, like, Shaughnessy and Tate, you know, daft red cards and suspended for two games, it disrupts your squad because you're relying on such a small number of players. And, and I really do think that they're, they're below where they should be. And you can clearly see, and I, I watched the, the game during the week, and, uh, yeah, they were clearly low in content, scored three goals late on. But sometimes that's just what you need. When you've lost six games, you're not going to go out and play flowing football. It was a discussion we had about Scotland earlier on. Sometimes when you're playing poorly, it's just about getting the victory. But this will be a tricky one for them. You know, really a bit of an unknown quantity. A lot of the players that Alan Johnson's brought in, you know, and over the summertime, I think they had three players signed over the summertime. That's the only ones they had to pay for so many months. So he has to put together a team very, very quickly and on a very low budget. You're talking about Cove Rangers there in their performance. Mark's watching Queen's Park as well. They're investing more money than the likes of Queen of the South and, and, and other, other uh, championship clubs so it's a really tough job for Alan Johnson I do think someone will get there in the end today and two wins yes yeah, against Partick Thistle who are League 1 yes yeah, against um, Queen of the South who are championship it just gets that confidence flowing if the players can put in a good performance uh, Yeah Alison Conroy is keeping an eye on Hamilton Ackies Alison I wonder how much pressure uh, might be on Brian Rice these early stages of the Betfred Cup are a bit of a banana skin for the, the Premiership teams because you're lumped in a group with, with lower league opposition Hamilton go down to Annan and get a, a fairly comprehensive defeat the other night Brian Rice then has to come out during the week and talk about online criticism online abuse and how it's it's not nice and people see it and family members see it and all the rest of it so my goodness it sounds like he could do with a result today yeah, he said that he'd never been so embarrassed as he was after that cup defeat in midweek. You know, remember that the teams usually use the Betfred Cup group stages as a kind of warm up to the start of their season, but they're kind of into their season now, and and the lower league clubs are using it really as their warm up. So he will be feeling the pressure this afternoon. They are back at home, back on their their artificial surface. 
he has made those couple of changes. It's a really strong Hamilton Aki's team that he's putting out today. You know, he, two of the goals, as he said, they came from two set plays. So that's things that he'll be telling his players, look, you need to learn from this. It, basic basic things for them as well. So, as you say, they're going to want to make amends here today. But Air United played well in midweek. They scored five goals. They were away to Albion Rovers. But to score five goals in a game, they won 5-2. So they'll be high in confidence as well. A couple of changes for them. And obviously that forced change up front because of the Scotland under-21 call-up for Bruce Anderson. Yeah, and Partick Thistle against Queen's Park. We mentioned it earlier on. Cracking local fuel uh, to that one for us. A Glasgow derby that Mark Guidi is keeping an eye on. Um, just on what Alison said there, Mark, usually this is a, a warm-up, if you like, for the league season. It, that's not the case for the Premiership teams, but it is for the lower league, and I'm sure the expectations on Partick Thistle to bounce straight back from their summer disappointment will be high, and a good way to get fine-tuned going into that campaign will be to enjoy these Betfred Cup games. Yeah, I think it's important to, to get off to, to a winning start as, as quick as you can. Just get that first victory under your belt and, and, and you know, try and pick up a bit of momentum going into the, the league season. Obviously, it's a strange season for the likes of Queen's Park. They've not played um, since March the 7th in the league and an away draw at Stenhouse Muir for Partick. It was a heavy defeat at, at St Mirren um, the other evening in their first game in seven months, although maybe the scoreline flattered St Mirren um, a wee bit. So, yeah, looking at, at both sides... You know, you wouldn't be surprised. Either side looks capable of doing it with the, with the talent on show. Home advantage, you would expect Partick Thistle um, to do it. But I just think with Queen's Park, there's a real bit of confidence about them. There's a real bit of belief, um, a wee swag. I don't mean they're overly arrogant, but just a wee swag, which is good to see. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think they, they might just do it this afternoon. What's to look forward to in that one, Hugh? Well, if they do win at Fir Hill, then it's been a real bad week for. Ian McCall, the Partick Thistle manager, as I say, I agree with every word spoken about Queen's Park. It's a fascinating story for people of my generation who were just used to being dismissive of the club. They were an amateur outfit in a senior location. So uh, if they do, good luck to them. It'd be a great day for Ray McKinnon, but it'd be a black mark against Ian McCall. Now let's hear from some of the managers involved today. We mentioned... Um, the low confidence of St Mirren at the moment as they go to Queen of the South. These are the thoughts of Jim Goodwin. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to to go and win again to take some confidence into the important league games that are coming after, you know, Motherwell and then Hamilton. Two huge games and, um, you know, it would be great going into to the Motherwell game off the back of another good performance. Queen of the South have got some players within the ranks that can cause you problems. There's no doubt about that, obviously. Stephen Doby being the uh, you know the main one, and I know Doby from my time managing Alawa. He scored a few goals against me um, on a couple of occasions. So you know we've highlighted that to the players. Uh, they've also got some good young players within the team as well. So it's going to be an extremely difficult game. I think um, you know the surface and everything isn't ideal. So um, you know the players are going to have to be mentally prepared for that. Fraser, Jim Goodwin echoing almost what, what you had said there It's interesting because the comments might be You know, we want to get out of this group And we want to try and win the Betfred Cup But I, I feel like at this stage, because it's so early And it's the group format Teams are using this to try and fine-tune their league form more than anything 
Yeah, and, and one of the aspects I was thinking about when, when you were talking about Hamilton Ackies and other Premiership clubs as well is, of course, there's no development and no reserve football at the moment, and, and many of them are, are not even training. So some teams have, have got no youngsters that they could bring in because they're either maybe not, if they're not training, they're just training and not playing any games. So you've really got to go with the squad that you go with on, on, on a first-team basis. Well, um, what we do know again is that uh, Stephen Doby, you often feel that when Stephen Doby retires, Queen of the South will need to fold uh, because <laughs> he's the only one who ever seems to score for them. And <laughs> tremendous credit to him at the advanced stage of his career that he's at. His fitness levels must be very good. Um, but again, Jim Goodwin, you were right, Gordon, fine-tuning, hoping to take Betfred form into the, the league setup. Jim Goodwin will want a good result and performance today. He's had a, a real hectic season of it so far, and uh, I wish him well. Sorry, Gordon, I think that's the pressure for the, the Premier League teams. One, they've started their season, they're up and running. Secondly, they can't just fill the team with young kids because obviously the first team squad uh, they're in this bubble um, so you'd expect uh, Wednesday night now you can't have bad results of course you can but Hamilton to go down there and lose 3-0 is an absolute shocker it'll be a difficult one today against Dare uh, they get a good result okay against Albion Rovers but the big teams so-called Premier League teams and there are no excuses whatsoever just now. They shouldn't be upsets. I know football have games. That's up a good point because they're up and running. Yeah, up and running, Gordon. And these teams are scrambling together and found it very hard to train in their lower divisions. Now, on a normal day, if everybody's running at the same time, yeah, you can't see that happening. But I'm sorry, I don't think Premier League teams, no matter if they go to Annan or not, mm. should have upsets. I think one of the factors for me, Gordon, is that when you come up against players who are household names, then you try that lot of hard. It's their cup final, the Razor game. And I think that's one of the reasons why you get oh. these upsets. But on paper, does I think you're absolutely right. Because they're playing week in, week out for the last couple of weeks, they should be able to be up to speed. It's uh, you know understandable when fans react badly to a, a hefty defeat such as the Hamilton Ackies fans but um, and it's not for me to tell people how to live their lives but Hamilton Ackies have a small core within the support who who can be abusive where managers are concerned I thought they hounded Martin Canning during his time as manager there uh, and for Brian Rice to talk about the effect that social media can have in families he's quite right the, the, the football's one thing but when you're impinging on people's family life have a wee think about yourself Okay let's leave it there then Those are our featured matches this afternoon St Johnson Brecon, Queen of the South St Mirren Partick Queen's Park Hamilton Air And Dundee United Peterhead But plenty of other big fixtures to come Plenty of Scotland discussion And your first half teaser next The winning team All season long This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans, Gordon Diel and Alex Ray in the studio The top team all around the grounds is Betfred Cup Saturday In the midst of a huge couple of days for the Scotland national side as well I think there are maybe too many games to go for a, a, a Hugh Izaka of, of well, the traditional sense But I wonder if you would pick out pick out some highlights for me Maybe some some shocks, any, any banana skins out there for uh, you? I, I see loads of banana skins I'm going for Hamilton to beat Air United at the, the Foy's Stadium But with no great degree of confidence I'm going for Partick <laughs> Thistle To beat Queen's Park At Fair Hill But with no great degree of confidence I thought you were always confident Well 
I'm, I'm having a, a realistic Saturday I'm, I'm going into the grumpy old dodderer mode um, I'm taking St Mirren to win against Queen of the South But with no great degree of confidence <laughs> The only one I have a great degree of confidence about <laughs> And in my 35 years on Super Scoreboard I never thought I'd see the day When I'd be watching a breaking city game on television But he's lost six goals to Dundee United midweek Mark Wilson and I fear they'll lose some more today so I'm going for St Johnson to win that one with Dundee United to beat Peterhead at Canada's Scottish football's lead leader this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard let's get the full time picture from Firhill with Mark Guidi Full-time, Partick Thistle 2, Queen's Park nil, and it was a second-half double from Jags substitute Joe Cardo that sealed the victory for Partick, the first of the season in the Betfred Cup. The opening 45 minutes was pretty sluggish from both sides. Perhaps Queen's Park just shading it. They had a couple of chances. Bob McHugh, an overhead kick just wide, and a Ross McLean header was well saved by Snedden. But after the interval, the Jags stepped it up a gear, Ian McCall, Given them a few choice words at half-time and they responded in the 47th minute. A Blair Spittle shot was well saved by Muir. Then Brian and Graham had a header flashing just wide of the post. And then the goals came in the 65th minute. A brilliant finish from Joe Cardo. Deep cross to the back post. He's seven yards out. An acute angle. And he smashed it on a volley right into the net to give Muir no chance. Ten minutes to go. He made it 2-0. Collected the ball inside the box. Little shimmy on his left foot. 14 yards out. He drilled one low pass Muir to secure victory for Partick Thistle. And in the end, it was a deserved one for Ian McCall's side. Full time, Partick Thistle 2, Queen's Park nil. Going to penalties at Palmerston. Fraser Wishart strapping himself in for the drama. Um, Hamilton needed a win. Did they get one, Alison? Full time at Hamilton. Hamilton Ackies 2, Air United 1. Much improved performance after their midweek defeat. It was Dario Zerata who had an early chance for Air United, though he shot flashed wide of the far post before Marius Ogpo gave Hamilton the lead in the 18th minute. Ball in from Callum Smith and he fired in to the back of the net. Then Charlie Trafford got his first goal for Ackies to make it 2 0 soon after. In from the edge of the box after David Templeton's free kick was cleared as far as him. Into the second half, an Air United tried to push to get back into the game. Ryan Fulton pushed Michael Moffat's effort over the bar before Moffat then fired another one over the bar. He then pulled a goal back for Air United in the 68th minute, putting it in at the back post after Aki's failed to clear it from a throw-in. After that, Aki's had much of the possession and had often headed past from Regan Mimlo's corner late on. So it was a win for Hamilton Aki's in the Betfred Cup. It finished full-time Hamilton 2, Air United 1. OK, have we got any other full-time whistles? Uh, I think we've got one at Tannadice Dave Galloway Dundee United nil. Peter Head 1 the visitors made a bright start going close twice inside the first 10 minutes Boyd was closing in on McCarthy's dangerous cross but Edwards diverted it behind for a corner then from another McCarthy cross uh, Lane really should have scored but he headed wide from close range United came into things more and more Pollitt's free kick caused problems for the blue tune defence with Butcher closing in but the danger was cleared and 
Harks curled one wide from the edge of the box. The hosts with plenty possession in that first half, but the League One visitors were giving a really good account of themselves. And just before the interval, um, Conroy's powerful 25-yarder wasn't that far away. The Blue Toon uh, took a deserved lead six minutes after the restart. McCarthy again down the right, and he picked out Boyd, who hit a very sweet low drive into the bottom corner of the net. And this came after they'd made a really strong start to the second half. Cammy Smith passed up a golden chance to equalise and miss kicking right in front of goal. Robson's long-range effort went just wide and Harks's header hit the side netting. But Peter Head, they really should have doubled their lead when Cameron's nice ball in found Cook unmarked around 10 yards out. However, Dennis blocked his effort. Uh, the rest of the game was basically a very good, comfortable containment job from Peter Head. A thoroughly deserved victory. Dundee United nil. Peter Head won. My Clyde won uh, Super Scoreboard Man of the Match. Well, I'm going to have to give it to the whole Peter Head team because they all played their part. Great result for Peter Head. That's the shock of the day. Well, we have one between Queen of the South and Mirren. The penalties are underway. Now, it's Betfred Cup. We get the chance to look at some teams that we don't always have the opportunity to. We thought we would go and keep an eye on our old friend of the show, Mark Wilson, his breaking side, going to St. Johnson at McDermott Park today, and the game is finished. So let's get a full-time story uh, with Roger Hanna. But before I do that... See where this is going, Roger. I, 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 yes, just about. I'll leave the music going, and you can just give us the report over the top of it. <laughs> St Johnston um, seven, breaking City nil. A hat trick for Stevie May, a double for David Wallerspoon, a penalty from substitute Callum Henry, and a goal and injury time from Murray Davidson. Saints also hit the woodwork twice. Breaking keeper Lewis McMahon had a string of saves. Truly Gordon, three divisions between these two teams. Two wins in the section for Callum Davidson Saints, but now 13 goals lost and two defeats to Premier League sides this week for Mark Wilson's breaking. They looked in trouble from really from the first moments. 32 seconds gone, McMahon a fine save to deny May, but just two and a half minutes in, the opener came a free kick on the right to the back post. Big Liam Gordon up, he headed it down and May bundled it over the line. It was two after 25 minutes, Willerspoon finding space 12 yards out and cutting a left foot shot low into the bottom corner past McMahon Wotherspoon then hit the post after 33 minutes Callum Booth hit the post as well after 45 minutes with Craig Bryson making his first start for the Saints somehow scooping the ball over when he had to score Breakin finally get a shot on target after 54 minutes Scott Cusick who was our best outfield player testing Xander Clark from distance but then three goals lost in a disastrous five minute spell Wotherspoon a left foot finish after a cross from Sean Rooney May then knocking over the line after McMahon had saved from Booth and then May completing his hat-trick with a low drive after he'd been freed by Bryson. A fine save by Xander Clark didn't denied Kuzik what would have been a consolation goal for breaking after 72 minutes. It was time for 17-year-old Alec Ferguson to make a Saints debut. Fellow subs K, Chris Kane and Henry really should have added to the lead and then Henry did 89 minutes from the penalty spot after a pull in the box by breaking defender Gregor Jordan but the scoring wasn't finished the pain wasn't finished on Mark Wilson a 7th deep into added time Booth's cross from the left Davidson's headed it in the near post I'm running out of breath St Johnson 7 breaking City nil. Oh we are cruel We are cruel Weiser pal We wish him well It was a tough afternoon In the office I'll turn off The Magnificent Seven now All credit to Roger Hanna For doing his report Mm -hmm. Against that background Of music It's the best he's ever sounded (laughs) But poor old Mark Uh, Mm. It's a hard old shift Uh, 
you know, yep. I don't envy him one little bit. It's a long way to go. Training is a long way to go. Mm. Everything is up against you. Many sleeps is it to Thursday? <laughs> 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 Honestly, cruel It is a tough school in here That's for sure Have we completed the penalties? Not yet Penalty drama At Palmerston Queen of the South Against St Mirren And it's done Fraser Wishart Who won the penalty shootout? It was Queen of the South 2 St Mirren 2 As you know At the end of 90 minutes And it was St Mirren That won the penalty shootout 4-2 Joe McKee Hit the bar With the first penalty For Queens Willie Gibson's Was saved by Jack Anik And St Mirren scored All four And it was down to Dylan Connolly Who's just scored The winning penalty And St Mirren Will be quite happy I think To get that extra point And get the two points It keeps them on Five points In this league table Because It was a second half Fight back That saw them Grab that point And send the match To penalties Goals from McGrath And then a 90th minute Equaliser by Marcus Fraser that sent the game to penalty kicks I think Alan Johnson will be really happy with his team's performance but he'll be really disappointed that they didn't win the game because I thought over the piece they should have got the victory they were two up at half time Connor Shields scored in eight minutes been passed Richard Tate into the box and fired the ball past Anik into the back of the net in 12 minutes it was two Aidan Fitzpatrick robbed Jamie McGrath 35 yards out and then he drove forward put a couple of one-twos a brilliant move and was found himself in the penalty box and a cool low finish past Anik the closest Saints had come to scoring was in the 38th minute when Kel McAllister 30 yard free kick hit the junction of the post in the bar but they needed something St Mern in the start of the second half they brought on Obika and they needed the next goal and they got it in 51 minutes Jim McGrath was a bit fortunate to free kick wide on the left hand side one of these ones where it's a cross come shot aiming for the far post curling into the six yard box nobody got a touch and the ball crept into the back of the net at the back post Queens have been on the back foot and got back into it in 62 minutes but it's Patrick Inchies winding striker Ewan he should have scored but he took too long he dialed his shot and Jack Anik saved Joe Shaughnessy almost equalised the back header good diving save by Rowan Ferguson and then a Tate goal bound shot hit teammate Lee Irwin on the line and was over the bar the Saints looked as if they might not just get that goal but then came the last minute lovely cross from the left hand side a deep cross from midfielder Ethan Erahon to the back post and right back Marcus Fraser that came in and looped a header over Ferguson into the back of the net he almost grabbed the winner when McFerguson hit a fierce shot from the edge of the box in 94 minutes and it was a good save by Ferguson then as I said on to the penalty kicks no Stephen Doby who was taken off with a couple of minutes to go no Ewan East the striker again taken off a few minutes to go and Joe McKee hit the bar with the first one Willie Gibson's shot was saved and St Murnith through Dylan Connolly with the winning penalty grabbed the two points and keep themselves at the top of the table full time here at Palmerston Queen of the South 2 St Mirren 2 but St Mirren winning in penalties and now it's over to you then after the Betfred Cup drama let's hear from you on the open line it is here and the floor is yours 0141 951 1025 what did you make of the games today and perhaps more importantly for some of you talk to us about Scotland the game the other night are you happy with the result and willing to ignore the performance or are you concerned about the performance and what that might mean for future results Stevie Clark's had his press conference today he's going to have to try and juggle the team for tomorrow's game against Slovakia so what changes would you make who would you leave out who would you bring in Talk to us about it all 01419511025 We want to hear from you The open line is next After the action It's your reaction 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Time for you to give us a call And let us know what is on your mind Is it the international football? Are you... Pleased with Scotland's progress If you get faith for the final against Serbia Or are you concerned about the performance As many people are Whatever it is Or if you're somewhere in the middle Let us know 0141 951 1025 In case you hadn't noticed It'll be quite a big week 
uh, on our domestic front as well as we build up to the first meeting of the season between Celtic and Rangers and of course a dramatic day of Betfred Cup action were you managing to catch your team on a pay-per-view stream somewhere what did you make of the performance let us know 01419511025 well international football has grabbed the attention all week long Scotland back in action tomorrow against Slovakia Steve Clark saying he'd be creative with selection so uh, it should make for an interesting watch tomorrow night But for me, everything is about November 12 Belgrade uh, A Serbian team who have gone to Norway and won 2-1 uh, Who have players culled from major leagues throughout the continent of Europe It'll be the hardest game that we've had for a long, long time And the performance level really will need to rise if we are to emerge successful Yeah loads of questions for you tonight And specifically tomorrow If Scotland are going to have to change the team What would those changes look like? You tell us Who would you bring in? Who would you leave out? Would you change the shape? Would you keep it the same? All of the above uh, Let us know what you've got I suppose we're still looking for the strangest places You've ever watched a game as well Why not? You can keep tweeting us them That's been good fun this afternoon After the gentleman at Cove uh, Was spotted up a ladder Leaning against a lamppost um, Let me... Run through the full score lines today So it finished Cove 1, Hibs 2 Annan 1, Stranraer 1 Stranraer winning on penalties Arbroath 3, Montrose 1 Brora 0, Dundee 2 Clyde 3, Dumbarton 2 Cowdenbeath 0, Hearts 1 Dundee United 0, Peterhead 1 Edinburgh City 2, Stenhouse Muir 2 Elgin City 2, Stirling Albion 0 Hamilton Ackies 2, Air United 1 Livingston 2, Alloa 1 Partick Thistle 2, Queen's Park 0 Queen of the South 2, St Mirren 2 St Mirren winning on penalties Wraith Rovers 2, East Fife 1 And we saved the best or worst Depending if you're Gordon Dale or Mark Wilson Until last, St Johnston 7 7 Breakin City 0 01419511025 I don't think there's any doubt Shock of the day For me it's Peter Head yeah. Very good uh, result up there uh, Dundee United Just text my mate who's a Dundee United fan Says they didn't have a recognised striker Uh Name well, Shanklin's They're, away with Scotland Yeah of course, absolutely yeah. Clark's not there McNulty's not there uh, I think it's the boy up. Is it Perry? Perry. He, Perry. He, he came on But didn't have any big impact And when you think about The money that I've actually spent For the American owners up there It's a poor result mm. I think I think it's a great day For ex-Dundee United player Jim McAnally He'll be delighted with that Going there I think everybody fancied The Premier League team All credit to him He's done his homework And he's got a valuable win So Nicky Mellon, I just, he's, I think he'll be coming under a little bit of pressure just now. I know he's just in the door, but things aren't looking great there. I looked at them, the, the day they played Celtic when Albi and Ayeti scored the, the winning goal right at the, the end. And I thought, Mickey Mellon's got something going on here. And it looked so positive, but it's gone gradually downhill from there. Uh, yes, it has, but we want to hear from you. 01419511025. Are you on thinking about Scotland's performances over results Or are you results over performances What would you do to the team tomorrow And anything else that's on your mind Domestic football or otherwise Let's hear it right now 01419511025 The Scotland manager had his press conference today Ahead of the game against Slovakia at Hamden tomorrow uh, Here's what he had to say Straight after the game is My thoughts immediately turned to Slovakia match Permutations for the team uh, Obviously three games in a very short space of time So might need to be a little bit creative with selection And I'll make sure that we We get the best out of all the players that are here So that, that was my 
immediate thought after the the excitement and the, the happiness of winning the penalty shootout. And having had time to, to gather your thoughts, I mean, is that the most significant result you've had as a manager? How, how would you assess just what you and the team achieved there on, on Thursday night? Oh, what we achieved is, is, is straightforward. We, we've given ourselves a chance in a, in a one-off game away to Serbia to qualify for Euro 2020. And realistically, since last November, that's that's been the, the, the target and the aim. So we've, we've managed to take the first step, but there's another step to come. What do you feel? Do you feel relief? Do you feel pride? What's your predominant emotion? I, just like a football manager ready for the next game. It is a, when you're involved in football, is is game to game. So I know it's it's probably an old cliche and it sounds terrible, and but I have to move on to the next match. The next match is the most important. Slovakia, a chance to get three points and and stay at the top of the group. Right, 0141-951-1025 What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow? Who should Scotland leave out? Who should they bring in? Because they're going to have to make some changes But how do you do that? And what about that debate that's been raging on since Thursday night? Is it all about getting there? Is it all about the results? All about the, the, the outcome? Or are you a little bit concerned about the performance levels going forward? You let us know on the phones and on Twitter I think um, <clears throat> there's an argument for both, Gordon But when it all boils down to one thing It's about getting us into the final We've achieved that, Steve Clark's right If you'd have said that, you know, at the beginning of the year We'd have been delighted We have to take our chance Do we have to play better? Of course we do I don't think the performance was up to any level at all For the players that we've got in that squad and ability but the main thing was I was very encouraged by the strength of character of the players that walked up to take the penalties. As much as there were no fans there, there's still a big, big bit of pressure for them. And they coped with that. And we have to go, we have to keep working away, get our best players back as well. We had a lot of influential players missing and hope that, that we can start something that's good enough to go and get us a result. And if we play rubbish over in Serbia and we get the same result... I'll be delighted But I can totally mm. understand What Hugh is saying Because he's not the only one That's saying it Go on then Alex Tell us something That pleased you The other night Because I think there's Loads of room for improvement Obviously yeah. Something that pleased you Something yeah, that jumped well, out Listen it's always A clean sheet It gives you something To build on I think the back three Looked a lot more um, Attuned to what They were trying to do Obviously McTominay's Come in for a bit of stick I'm still not convinced That that's his best position You know You mm-hmm. look what he does For Man United In the middle of the park but that seems to be our strongest area when we, we have a, a, a rare talent in there. So it makes sense to try and put him back. So I, I, as I said, I feel as if he'll go tomorrow night with a back three. He maybe mix up a couple of players. He might put Constantine in the left, get Andy Robertson in the rest, and, and he mix up uh, maybe McGinn on the right side as well. So I think it's just a case of trying to... But for me, they have to try and get more going forward, Gordon, in an offensive area and work the goalkeeper. Just so you see... Signs of improvement in that offensive part of the pitch. This, what was the word Stevie Clark used? Creative. 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 Yeah. What does that look like then? Because you say you expect them to stick with the back three. Can you keep? Can we keep playing Scott McTominay for the next two games to try and and really get him a bit, you know, more comfortable with it? Because he's not not as if he's been playing loads for Man United. It's not like physically he can do it, Gordon. And he's, he's, a, he's a specimen as well. So I wonder if he's one that might. Stay in yeah, there tomorrow yeah, I think I think that's a good point Because you will look at players That have been constantly playing McTominay's not been one of them So he may get away with that I think that Listening to him He's, he's, he's hoping not to make Too many Too many changes And I totally agree with that But as a Scotland manager And nowadays unfortunately You've got 
club managers on the phone, breathing down your neck, talking about protection of players. So you've got to juggle that and make sure that you try and keep everybody happy. And I'm sure Steve Clark, he's an experienced guy. He'll know how you do this. Okay, let's go straight to the phones. Let us know what you think. Peter is in Cardonald. Hi, Peter. Hi, how you doing, guys? Um, I'm just a little bit concerned in relation to how we've been performing with Scotland over uh, Steve Clark's tenure. I, I think that the, his, his formation, he's tinkered with his formation too much for me. Um, we, we are heavy, our best position, our strongest position is in midfield. We've got a lot of good midfielders. Um, there's obviously the Tierney Robertson scenario that's going on, but I think you should just go a sort of four-five-one. We've also got a scenario where we don't know which strikers to play. We bring Griffiths in there. We play the four-five-one. We, we maybe play Robertson because he's a captain. And we just stick with that. And I, and I think that he really needs to solidify his formation and the way he plays. And I think with that formation, we'll go on and do a lot of good things. I, I like your, your thinking, Peter, in terms of you know picking something and sticking to it. But what is it that's suggesting to you that that's likely to change to a four now? Surely that would have that would have been done. Is it not more than likely that if we're going to stick with one, it, it is the three at the back? But it, it should have been done a long time ago. I, I think that. Listen, I speak in behalf of the nation here. We're bored of what we're watching. I'm sick and tired of watching really dull football. Yeah, we've got decent, we grind out the results. I totally get that. And we're in a good position to finally qualify. I just really think that this should have been done a long time ago. Uh, the likes of, no disrespect to them, but McBurney and Dykes, for me, uh, they're not Scotland quality. We've got Griffiths. Luckily, he's come back. Peter, who yes. would you play? Who would you play? Sorry, button me. Who, who would you Griffiths, play? I think no, no, but what I'm going to say is Griffiths has only played, you know, what? A, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes and like months and months of football. So for him to get into this game without minutes under his belt, I don't. I'm not sure he could get through. See, that. the thing I like about Steve Clark, I disagree with Peter about formations. As a manager, you've got. To see, if you think something's not working, Ali, and you're looking at your best players, you've got to try and get that formation that works right. So he's got. He's going to a three. I've. I think that the three. The other night there was a bit of a gamble because I was worried about the gaps, but he got away with it. Now, he'll probably stick to that. Now, also Peter's talking about we've got so many great midfield players, which we probably have on paper, but he's, we, we play the, the most of these midfield players and still the performances are below par. So sometimes as much as you can have a little dig at Steve Clark, we've got to have a look at some of the players sometimes. Steve Clark also has a problem but no other Scotland manager in history since Andy Beattie became the first Scotland manager ever in the 1950s. I'm writing that down. How was, he, was, his, was his press conference good when you went along to yeah, it for his unveiling? He was okay. Didn't have the one-liners that Stevie Clark does, but um, no Scotland manager in history has ever had to deal with a virus that at a stroke can take away two important members of his team. And as we approach Belgrade... That will be at the back of Stevie Clark's mind Whose tests are going to come back negative And it can affect things very very quickly So I, I would cut him some slack in that direction I'm not, cut, I'm not, sorry Hugh I'm not cutting him slack in that direction Because I totally understand about what you're saying You think every country just now Everybody's in the same boat 
You know, as much as you're but saying. Well, broadly though, and I, yeah, I, there's, 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 the truth, the truth probably in the middle, but that, we, we don't know. Not every other country, every other country might have it. Did Israel have gone five or six? Yeah, exactly. but hold on. But that's not every country. It's just Israel. Not every country has the day before a game. But Peter was asking. Out. Peter was asking for consistency of selection, and you can't get it at the moment. No, no, you can't get it. No manager, Neil Lennon, has now discovered that with regard to the Rangers game next weekend. And as I say, no Scotland manager in history mm-hmm. has ever had to contend with that kind of problem whereby he could plan meticulously for Belgrade on the 12th of November and on the 10th of November somebody Hugh, tests the negative. We, the way we're going just now is even if we had the full strength Scotland squad available or night, I don't know if it would have been a case of, oh, it would have been so much better than we would have won because on recent games... We keep saying it about yeah, the, we've had this how, many, how yeah. many were available for the Israel yeah. game prior to that. That would be so, ma- so that's what I'm saying, Alex. So uh, there's we've not we're not performing great. But I get back to the one thing, and we talk about it at club football. Of course, we do. Grind out results. And, and right now, for us as a nation, mm. surely that's the most important thing. I get that, and that's what I'm wondering, Peter. You said you know, as a nation, we're 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 tired of of boring football, and you almost went as far as to say. You don't care about grinding out results You'd rather play You know Good football But surely when you're trying to get to a tournament There's only one real aim Is there not? Well 100% But uh, go, Going back to Sort of Hugh's point there In terms of the pandemic that, that, that This has been going under um, Steve Clark's tension I don't, I don't know how many games He's been sort of managing before Obviously lockdown etc But there was, there was no consistency with him he seems very erratic and even in team selection as well in terms of players and stuff playing people out of position listen, stick to the positions don't, and I know again I go back to the Tierney Robertson scenario but playing McTominay and stuff like that and out of his position you've got to select the right players for the right positions and he's been very erratic and Scotland just now just on it Because you might be right And lots of people will agree But why do we get so hung, hung up on that Because this is, the, this is the challenge That faces international management you, you bring together a group of players And the harsh reality of it is Some of them are Playing at a much higher level than others So you then compare a guy Who might be A, a, a makeshift Centre back I.e. Scott McTominay Who's playing at a really high level In the English Premier League Versus A, a traditional comfortable centre back Who's playing for a mid-table Scottish Premiership side? So it it can't always be as simple as just play the defender. Look at Israel the other night. El Hamed played left, left back. wing back and played ever so well. We're about to come up against Serbia. They use Kolarov, who's been a full back all these days in English Premier League. He plays centre back for them. I just wonder if we get too hung up on that, Peter. I, I think I'm again. Maybe I'm, I'm being old school, but I think McTominay and it showed it when he goes out of position. He wasn't good enough in that position. Um, I, I genuinely think you've got to stick to the players who are used to that position. And I think when you get a good squad together and you get that consistency, Scotland will do well. Don't play players out of position. Interesting stuff from Peter yeah. Inker Donald. Thank you very much. It's 0141951025. We've got Fraser in Cumbernauld on the line. He's got some interesting thoughts on Scotland and uh, some domestic stuff as well. We're going to speak to Fraser next. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are in the studio. Gordon DL should be, but 
I, I, I don't that, know where he took his phone to see if Matt's okay I don't, I don't know He just disappeared I'm sure he'll be back in a moment If you want to get your call in 01419511025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB We'll get managerial reaction uh, To today's games as well But we're here on the open line Asking for your opinions um, On what's been going on with Scotland at the moment Rondo is on Twitter He says In recent years Scotland's most successful managers Were Roxburgh and Brown Hard to beat Horrible to watch Clark is making us hard to beat Priorities don't lose Anything else is a bonus Stick to a plan It's working fine Thomas Brooks says We need to be more positives We're unbeaten in six We haven't played A top team in those six games uh, They've got um, I think he's right. Sorry He says we need to be more positive I'm not sure if he's questioning that Yes we're unbeaten in six But we've not played a top team In those six games They've got players that play for Real Madrid and other top sides If we play for a draw Serbia will open us up Wales got a draw there two years ago though Says Thomas so Let's bring in Fraser in Cumbernauld Hi Fraser Oh sorry I'm not even in Cumbernauld I'm right outside Ibrox at the moment But there we go uh, what was I didn't see the game live I watched the highlights uh, I just heard the end of that guy's call by the way But I thought big Lyndon Dykes Had a great game And was very effective The boy he was playing in McBurnley Didn't look too hot But uh, Another great saying was, I think it was Jock Steen, when, it, when he, he spoke about uh, Kenny Dalglish, somebody said, what's his best position? And he says, it's on the park. I'm a great believer you get your best 11 on the park and give him a ball and then they play football. You know, uh, Obviously, they have guys that are special at uh, certain positions. I thought uh, we used to win the game 2-0 before extra time uh, with two headers. Unfortunately, McTominay missed one. He was on the way down when he headers it. And then the last sort of a touch of the ball, wasn't it? The guy yeah, hit the ball. Yeah, Cooper, yeah. Cooper, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's no brilliant football, but you show me a brilliant football game. It's like, uh, I did watch a wee bit of England. They looked fantastic, which they always do sometimes, don't they? They've got, but they've got, look at the squad they can pull from. I looked at our starting 11, and there's guys in the Premiership at big clubs, and they're playing for Scotland. I'd have that every day of the week. When I grew up, uh, you know, I love to see the home. I love homegrown players. But when Kenny and all that went to Liverpool and uh, Sunis and Hansen and there was, do you know, what I mean, we we don't have that now. It's horses for courses. Uh, I think Steve Clark's a great manager. I would have, personally, I'm a Celtic fan. I'd like to have seen him get the Celtic job. I thought he'd done enough uh, for what I seen. And if he's got a tinker way to to create the back, I'm a great believer in three at the back. You want. You're three, three big guys at the back with two wing backs, and that gives you extra defence or extra attack. I, I love that. That's the way I think it should be played. Steve Clark got the Scotland job because of what he did at Kilmarnock, and people recognised that the way Kilmarnock played football, Celtic and Rangers hated going to Rugby Park. Steve Clark was a pest where Celtic and Rangers were concerned, and now he's attempting the same thing. He didn't have the best players at Kilmarnock. He made players better at Kilmarnock and he's attempting to do that with Scotland. But there are glaring omissions. We don't have a an out-and-out striker. I would have to contest the Dykes. point that Dykes would have had a great game. No, he didn't. And McBurney certainly didn't. Uh, that's one area where there's a glaring need and Griffiths might be able to help in that regard if he maintains fitness Scores goals for Celtic I know that Belgrade is only Three or four weeks away But If he can get a few goals In between I'd have Griffiths mm-hmm. there I think a lot of the frustration though Alex Comes mm-hmm. from The fact that 
we do this a lot We say oh we don't have the players And we don't have Dalglish and Sunit Well ov- obviously we, we don't But at the same time I'm not sure this is Anywhere near the worst Scotland group we've had In the time that we've not qualified for a tournament Nowhere near it Yeah we've got glaring areas we, we yeah. prote- you know, Strikers are op- Strikers is the obvious one But again when, what, what was the last prolific Scotland striker we had? Genuinely yeah, anyone? I'm just trying to think of the ones that we had. Fletch, Fletcher uh, scored a few goals. A, Naismith, I mean, uh, that type. A couple but more, maybe, right? I'm just trying so to pull a couple off the top of my head. We've had a couple of issues at centre back and up front, maybe the right side of defence at times as well. But we also have never had a, a talent like Andy Robertson, arguably in the time uh, since we last qualified. You look at the level that some of the midfielders are playing at. We, we bemoan the lack of centre halves, but at the moment, Liam Cooper is the captain in an English Premier League yeah. side. Scott McKenna's got a decent move to the Championship. When you look at the midfielders and the left backs, should we not be a bit more ambitious than to sit back and say, oh, we don't have these players? You know, can we not aim I, for a I, bit more? Can God, we have a bit more belief in the group? Gordon, I, I think we have got a nucleus of very good players. Mm-hmm. And I've said before I come into the studio, for me, we're really struggling for an out-and-out number nine. Now, Lyndon Dykes leads a line and, and Fraser's right. He chested a couple of balls down. Lovely uh, for, for players to come on to. But unless you get the balls into the right areas, which is more advanced, getting balls into the box, you mm-hmm. play to their strengths, you. So yeah. he has to figure out, Steve. Bikes, bikes are always as he back to go. Yeah, you know, but we need someone who's facing it. Yeah, but we, if, if you get the balls into the box for Dykes and McBurnley, then you have a chance mm-hmm. to create opportunities. And, and, and that it, is the stumbling block we that, have at the moment. Is that then what comes back to strategy, set up, the things that they're being told to do, Gordon, rather than saying, oh, we don't have the players? What about the players that we do have? Are we, are we getting the most from them? No, that's my big question. I don't think we are. Now you can, and I'm not. You know that can be individually for them, but also what about the the way that we're setting them up? Are we positive enough within games? I think that's what a lot of people are asking. Well, I keep hearing the phrase the other night that we set out not to lose. No, I think we're positive enough. The other night we we started with two strikers, which normally we don't do. Uh, whether it played well or not, that's up to each other, everybody's opinion. I think we have got the players. I just think we're we're lacking the system to fit it in. And the style of football to to get that onto the pitch that's but going to get us better because you're not telling that's me that's a bit better suited to go to a four then because that way it allows you to get wingers on the pitch and I know there's mm. a couple injured but then you sacrifice four. your central midfield which everybody, everybody everybody says is your strongest area so but what I'm saying is Gordon so you're saying that it's done we're stuttering mm-hmm. about trying to get opportunities to create chances but surely within a formation you can still. To tweak things, you know, be more positive or or whatever about your guys. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, knowledge, to, to, but to get the width from that central with mm-hmm. that extra body in the middle of the park, you'd have to actually get one of them to actually go laterally to try and get balls into the box, and then that eats up the space that you're trying to create for I your th- wing back. I think if we, uh, I think if Steve Clark really believed that the four was the way forward, he would definitely have gone with that because, as a club manager, he was a back four. He's become a, an international manager, and he looks now that. We may get into the biggest game for 20 odd years with a back three. Right. So he's not taking that lightly, Alec. I do agree. I think we have got good players. I think we can get a better tune out of them. I don't know. It's up to the manager to fit that system, the style of play, whether it's, you know, tactically in football now, it's all different. Is it quick plays? It's slow plays? It low blocks? It high press? It's, there's so much technology put in a football game now. And we've got to find the right way to get the best out the quality we've got. Because if we talk about, say it, was, say it was 4-4-2, for instance, Alex, in the traditional sense, McTominay, Jack, McGinn, McGregor, Christie, 
Three of them They need to miss out Three Arm, add, Let's add Armstrong To that yeah. list as well So like, yeah let, Let's add Armstrong And that's before You even so mention many, many names you get there Is six Yeah And that's oh, before cool. you mention Fleck or, or McLean So if you do that yeah, yeah you have to leave out Four of them That's quite and you can, So you can see why We don't go for that No and uh, Listen Gordon And you obviously say You want to try and get Your best players onto the pitch And we're doing that We're overloading the middle of the park We've got our best players In the middle of the park However We're still not creating Enough mm-hmm. chances uh, Fraser I know you maybe had Some other stuff on your mind as well Domestic stuff Transfers Is that right? <laughs> yeah just Just one point though It's like three and fair there, I don't think we'll be playing Three at the back It'll probably be four five one. I would go for Because remember They're playing a very good team in their backyard I know but he's not yeah, just going to change it randomly Fraser yeah. that's what we're saying is it, it, it he, he did to get into this we're only two or three games into playing to beat the back aren't we I think, I think if he was going to change it it would have been changed in Thursday night yeah. yeah perfect like, it was, see, a, see, it was an example see if you look at the, our goal scoring right over the last I don't know 10 games Forrest uh, Fraser and what do you call him Christie yeah. I count are the goal scorers right we, we don't have a our, our problem as a nation has been our central defenders for the last ten years. We've got decent central defenders there. McTominay's not a central defender, but he's six foot two or something. Isn't he? He's, better, he's bigger, he's bigger than that again, Fraser. He? I think he's a bigger, bigger. He smells six four. Yeah, he's a giant he, boy. Well, he looks you. I thought Cooper was a big player, and I seen McTominay storm next to him, and he's, he's towering. What a, a boat! Yes, and it's like that's what you want to face, you know. Like anyway, yeah, domestic transfers. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but it's like if people are trying to tell me that Rangers not back 26 million more for 26 million for two players, I think they're having a laugh. And who who was no that? No way Fraser? that happened. Who was it? Well, they said it was uh, the French team, 16 million Lille. and 10 million for uh, from Leeds. Well, the the president yes. the president of Lille confirmed the 16 million pound bid. The president no, I don't mean the he president didn't confirm it. He didn't He didn't confirm it He said He, he was Half badgered Into a, a radio <laughs> Saying that he'd made a bid He never said any Fee mm. Well see Well a lot about Ryan Kent Fraser like, You can have your own valuation But Rangers signed him for 7 So it's not exactly surprising They don't want to sell him for 10 Is it? No but they've not They've not signed him for 7 Have they? What do you they mean? Paid, like it's a, it's a loan uh, the first year And then it's one and a half For the next three years Or something isn't it Well f- f- Fraser To be fair I don't know the ins and outs Of every transfer But if you find Go and find me a transfer Where everything's paid up front I think you'll find That's a rarity I mean Well That's what That's what they're making out With the Leo And there's no way that happens There's no way 16 million Was on the table right. Or Morelis wouldn't be here Why, why <laughs> no, wait, what, what relevance Does this have Fraser what, Well uh, I think we would be talking About football Don't we yeah, but, but, but what's what's the point? I I don't really know what, what you want, where you want the discussion to go, Fraser. You're just whatever we tell you. You don't believe Rangers knocked back a bid for Morelos. So, what do you want me to do? Do you want us to try and change your mind or? No, twenty six million. You can't put down. You you, you can't put in the news newspapers. Can't print just complete nonsense. That Rangers knocked back twenty six million. There's not that didn't happen. Well, I, I, I get it. I'll repeat the question. And where do you want this conversation to go? Either we go, okay, Fraser, you're right, or we say. Yes, they did, and you don't believe us anyway. Okay, then see, I'm right, then that, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> well, but... Wow, that was good fun. Oh, Fraser, Fraser sounds like there's a Glaswegian expression for everything. He's in Ibrox as well. Fraser, Fraser's a know all. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, did they? Did they not? I mean, the, I... whether they did or not, Gordon, you are spotting the money. There's no transfer. 
anywhere in this world If it's for 10 million, 1 million It goes money on all the up table front. up front It's all done in stages It's all done in appearance There's percentage sell-ons There's everything you get through It's not just a simple We think he's worth a million There's a million pound cheque Thank you very much More complicated uh, Thank you very much to Fraser in, Well, from Cumbernauld Outside Ibrooks. Presumably looking for Ryan Kent <laughs> And Alfredo Morelos His agent You never go 26 million um, John is in Mary Hill Let's see what he's got for us Hi John Hi guys How you doing oh, uh, Just my wee point across there. <clears throat> Just keep it kind of short and sweet um, We've been talking about Lee Griffiths Quite a bit of the afternoon um, I think to be honest with you, Everybody's kidding themselves and Lee Griffiths hadn't kicked a ball For God knows how long Comes off the bench Okay uh, Last weekend Scored but I think you're kidding yourself on putting the high hopes on maybe uh, bringing in a forward. I don't know about yourselves. Is there anybody else out there in different lower leagues that are playing down south that could possibly come in? Because I don't know if I'm right. Did Patterson end up playing up front? He did, of the he played, yeah, he played the other um, line. Yeah, but Patterson is not by any manner of means the answer to anything. He's a former fullback. Uh, that's not what I was saying, Sure, That's not what I was saying. What I was basically saying have was... You maybe, have you maybe, maybe John, answered your own question? Because I think everyone who's saying hopefully get Griffiths back, I think they would all admit that he's going to be miles off at the now and he's working back. But have you maybe answered your own question? That's just where we're at. We're in such need of a striker that maybe a, a half fit or a, a 75% fit Lee Griffiths is worth gambling on. Well, well, to be honest with you, I would have uh, McBurney playing before I would have Dyke, to be perfectly honest with you. They now, both played the Yes, I know that, but obviously the last couple of games I've had Dykes up front, but what I was actually going to say, how are they going to go when they go to set for stall out at Serbia? Are they going to go and play one up front? I would think. Uh, and if that's the case, I would have McBurney before I would have Dykes. Well, but but McBurney's had 10 international appearances, not score the goal. Seems to do better down south with his club team. Yeah, I've got, got to agree with you there rather than what he's done for Scotland. But I think I still would agree to go with uh, McBurney so, than I would go so, with Dykes, personally. So, well, let me take you back to the, the original point in your question there. Um, if Griffith maintains progress, plays against Rangers, plays in other league matches for Celtic prior to Belgrade, would you not rather take a punt... On Griffiths Than a McBurney Who's had 10 appearances With Scotland 15 hours of football And scored no goals Well he won't have played All of those minutes But I get your point Well can I flip Can I flip Can I flip it back on again Why not put him in the squad Then if that's the case Just to take that Real massive gamble Get him on the bench Against Israel And give, give him 15 minutes Rather than putting Patterson on do you know we better we are Griffiths then if that's the case for 15-20 minutes or how long he played well, for really too sure he, he, was, he wasn't in the squad um, and he played 15 minutes yeah. at McDermott Park Stevie Clark is not going to have a player who has 15 minutes of football under his belt in a team that has to play four days later but if Griffiths can show anything between now and November 12 he surely has to be worthy of a place in the squad and then it's up to Stevie Clark to decide whether he he might dare go with him from the start or if mm. our need is great bring him on I would take him here I would certainly take him if he's fit I would take him now I'm not saying that I would start him but in a final and that's what it is in this one-off game and how important it is if you are sitting there and you're thinking right 
I'll look around my bench and you've got Parsons and people like that in the bench and you've got Griffiths. Who's your best bet to getting you that goal that will take you into the next one? Dazzy, I think the... I, I think there's about six games between now yeah. and, and this next international. If if Lee Griffiths makes a good impact and he's got minutes under his belt, he will most certainly, certainly absolutely most certainly. But because be, the whole point is there. back to what we're saying in terms of what he's up against: recognised strikers, guys that score regularly for their club or their country. Yeah. He doesn't even need to make a great impact at, at Celtic, Alex. He just needs to play a couple of those games, contribute something, and he'll be in that squad, yeah, won't he? Without a doubt, because whatever way we look at this, we are struggling in that position, Gordon, because Dykes, you know, is he, he leads the line, he does okay, so he's he scored that goal as well. Then you've got McBurney, as you, you said, no goals in 10. And then you're looking at Shanklin. Patterson. Then you've got Shanklin, potentially, you know, is, is he tore it up? And I know he's been injured at the start of the season as well. So Shanks could come into the mix because he can. Kevin Nisbet, anyone? No, no, no. If you've got Griffiths, no, no, Gordon. No, no, but, but no, no. Hold on. No. I'm talking about in terms of that squad. Yes, Put it this you. way: Shankland is in the squad and he comes on. And by the way, I'm a big, big fan. And he scored, he scored yeah. his penalty. Is he miles ahead of Kevin Nisbet? No, I've got. If, if he continues to score, you, if anybody watches his goal today as well, all being against lower opposition, he's finished. But what are you, where, where are you putting him? What are you talking about? Are well, you talking about squad? We're talking about the squad. The squad for Serbia game. Yeah, yeah. Right. If well, he scores in the next half a dozen games, uh, Gordon, on top of what he's already done, because I think he scored a, what's he got about half a dozen goals. I, I think I think Stevie Clark would be sitting. I, look, the boy. I watched his goal again today. It was terrific against Cove. Um, I think if Stevie Clark's sitting there, he'll be hoping, as you said, that Griffiths can get some game time, get some, you know, sharpness back into him, and then obviously be fit enough for the squad. Then he's the biggest problem he's going to have. In does he start him or does he put him on the bench? In midweek, Steve Clark spoke about respecting the magnitude of the fixture, mm-hmm. meaning Israel. The magnitude of the fixture against Serbia. Will be even greater Much greater And therefore I would have no objection To Kevin Nesbitt Being in the squad He's doing Terrifically well at Hibs But The 11 who start Oh yeah I think we're just Serbia, talking squad Yeah but The 11 who start against Serbia Really have to be aware of The magnitude gotten, Of the fixture Sorry. John We'll give you the final say Yeah just again guys Just quickly Again I would have put Griffiths on the bench Against Israel Gave him a wee run out Just to see where he is But I think we're really Clutching at straws here Regarding Griffiths I hope he gets some game time You might be right guys You might get some game time Right up until November Banging a few goals Does anybody know actually How Griffiths' fitness Actually is at the moment I know obviously He's not getting any much Game time But his fitness Must be fairly decent As in training wise I would think He must be doing A wee yeah, bit himself he played, a, he played in a Closed door game For Celtic Against Motherwell The other day And he scored in that as well As he scored at McDermott uh, Park Last Sunday So he will be in the squad for the Rangers game and it's up to Lee Griffiths to take it from there. Thank you very much, John. In Maryhill, lots to debate ahead of that Scotland game against Slovakia tomorrow. We did have some big Betfred Cup action today as well, so we'll take more calls and we'll hear from some of today's managers next. After they play, you have your say. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line Gordon DL, Hugh Keevans and Alex Ray are here They're waiting to take your calls On all things Scotland Betfred Cup, transfers Whatever it may be, you tell us on the phones Let's hear from some of today's managers We almost had a bit of an upset At Palmerston, St Mirren were 2-0 down But they fought back 
Took it to penalties And then got the extra point In the penalty shootout Here is Jim Goodwin I think at half time We'd have all Taken that You know um, you know, I believed if we got the first goal In the second half That we would You know Have enough to go and uh, Get another one Thankfully we left it late We knew uh, The pitch was going to be A bit of a leveller It's difficult on there Very very sticky and, But I think that's where You know The two goals come from Our mistakes really. We give away the Cheap possession on the far side Trying to play short Fair play Dallin and his team They started them much better And um, deservedly got their got themselves in front I thought we uh, you know, Well in control second half Apart from one or two little Nervy moments where we've made mistakes By um, you know committing a lot of bodies forward um, But look we'll, we'll take it Sitting on five points after after the first couple of games, we're back into league matters now next week. You know, we, we can't start like that against Motherwell because they'll be out of sight. We have to give ourselves a better chance early doors and show a little bit more control. You know, I felt that was something that we didn't do. And just the first five, ten minutes of any game, you've got to go and try and play in the opposition's half. And we didn't do that. We've enjoyed a couple of games that we've had. We're sitting top of the group, which is what you want after two games. But we're back to... You know, back to business now next week in, in, in what is the most important Which is the league We spoke about the use of the Betfred Cup Being twofold Obviously you want well, you want to get through You want to progress you, you try and win cups That's what you do in football But secondly Can it positively impact Your league form Or does it negatively impact it Based on confidence Jim Goodwin said We're close to having um, a, a pretty nervous day and a, yeah. and a nasty outcome But all of a sudden it turns they, they got the 4-1 the, the win over Patrick Thistle midweek They've been two down They have saved themselves today Therefore you approach the Motherwell match In a positive frame of mind uh, Because Motherwell have had A difficult start to the season as well They were all manner of complications uh, So if you're Jim Goodwin At one point today The day looked miserable it looks much sunnier now The worrying thing for me Hugh Was just listening to him there You're talking about Does that give him more confidence now To kick his league campaign going But he said there If he start like this next week against Motherwell Motherwell will be out of sight So he must be really really worried About the form that they're in just now Twofold does isn't it As He yeah. said obviously the start of the game Not particularly good But obviously pleased with the response In yeah. the second half I don't think there's any doubt The shock of the day is Is Dundee United oh. Getting beaten uh, By Peter Head. Head Yeah absolutely and, At uh, Tannadice Yeah absolutely And uh, as I said earlier on I was talking to my pal Who is a Dundee United fan And the money they've invested up there You know they'll be looking for a Better performances than that They didn't have any strikers Today uh, Clark and McNulty Not there So There's a It just shows you as well The importance of Shanklin To yeah. Dundee United Well last season He was responsible for 46% Of Dundee United's goals 46% mm-hmm. Big man to lose Yeah I mean Brian Rice as well They were the Victims of, of the shock in, in midweek Losing 3-1 to Annan Brian Rice talking about The abuse Or the, or the, the criticism he got and, and how much it hurts As an individual I'm sure he was happier today After that victory Against Ayr well, Obviously we're happy That we won the match It's important uh, We won We won today Really important And uh, we've done that So that was the objective And it's a first Home league win I'll say it before Any use yet This season so that's got that monkey off the back as well. And uh, my striker scored. So it's been a good day. It's your job to keep bouncing back. And um, we've bounced back today. We made a mistake and we scored from it, but I think we had two or three chances up the other end to you know to kill the game off. And especially the first half we had two or three chances to kill it off and we didn't. But like I say, the most important thing today is that the boys bounce back and they got the victory. Uh, and we keep ourselves in the competition. I'm delighted for the boys. I'm delighted for the boys today and especially to win at home. And Mario to score as well. 
01419511025 is the number Mick is a Clyde fan on the line A good victory for Clyde today Mick A happy man I take it Hi how you doing? Hi, hi very happy Game was absolutely brilliant to watch uh, Couple of wee mistakes for goals But can't really complain at all Absolutely fantastic First goal particularly Amazing to see yeah, I mean the thing uh, is, Jim Duffy will not be happy, Mick. We have to, we have to hope he's calmed down by Wednesday night. Uh, if he's in this week, Clyde three, Dumbarton two for anyone who just caught it. And that's what I like, Mike. Uh, Mick, this is what I like hearing from from games that, that we didn't get to see. You say it was a brilliant game. How frustrating is it to have to watch it on the the laptop or whatever? Very frustrating. We, we usually go up to the, the Broadwood all the time to see them playing. Just very frustrating to not be able to go up and watch them. But I suppose in these times it's what it is, isn't it? So how's the co- how's the coverage, Mick? Not to to pick on Clyde, or, or but I just think lower league fans are, you know, really hoping that they can can see their teams, and it's not easy. The infrastructure sometimes, the streaming systems don't work, and all the rest of it. Did you manage to watch it all uninterrupted? Yes, I, I watched it all uninterrupted. Good. A couple of obviously the boys maybe didn't have the thing with the phones and scenario, but it all came all came together quite well. To be honest, and the, the actual quality was quite good. So. I was quite impressed Do you think you can get through Mick? You've obviously got Falkirk I think in midweek And then um, Who's a commander after that? So you've got a couple of tough ones Well it's a, it's a pity We didn't get a commander last week <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point You'd have been 3-0 up <laughs> Exactly uh, But nah I think either We've, we've built a good team uh, We've obviously lost Ray Grant And stuff to Alawa But I think we've We've got uh, A good couple of players in And I'm really impressed Actually Bonnet. Are you uh, within the Broadwood Postcode Mick? No 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 Glasgow Green uh, I'm your I'm I'm your Shawfield, the origins. Oh, of course, yeah. No, the only reason I ask is that you know this may be the way to get fans back into the ground. The yeah, national clinical director has suggested that one way to start would be fans who are in the postcode get to go to that home game, which unfortunately wouldn't include yourself. Who? No, we don't know how. We don't know how far it would be. We don't know what the, 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 the radius. The radius would be. I don't mm. know. We wouldn't. Not 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 for sure. It might be within ten miles, within fifteen. Well, oh, I, I hope. And at different different areas. I mean, you've got East Kilbride, Glasgow, Cassaif. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's a wee kind of team that relies on fans travelling. So, I it would it would it wouldn't benefit us really. It, obviously, there is a a bunch of guys that they support at that area, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of people outside the area that they support them. I want know. any man who's brought up going to Shawfield <laughs> with the dog track round about it. I want that man to Top get back list. in to see Clyde. I, yes. I played there. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw a good game at Shawfield. I, I just, with the greatest respect, Mick. Oh, Mick, come on! You've got, you must be able to disagree with that. I, I, well, I'm not old enough to have seen them play Shawfield. <laughs> oh, right, okay. I could, I could guarantee you something. I've been on many a bus where a lot of the older guys would would disagree with her. Well, yeah. I, you know, you're, I, you're hard to please, though. You would admit that. Well, you know, the Clyde, a, a great institution uh, in in that area. Uh, and continue to be a big thing in the hearts and minds of people like Mick. But a, a, a ground with a dog track round it. I never saw a decent game there. Mick, there's such a debate raging on about you know fans getting back into grounds at the moment, and I think particularly at the lower leagues because they feel that they've got the space. I mean, my goodness, look at look at the size of Broadwood in comparison to the number of fans that would go along yeah. to to a, a Clyde game. Is that the frustration, Mick, that you feel that maybe it could be done in a safe manner? I seen on the thing you were talking about thirty percent capacity, and that would that would make two thousand four hundred for quite. So genuinely, we, we wouldn't get any of that kind of amount of people. Obviously, an away game maybe against Partick Thistle, aye, we get that since that's for Derby. But 
Uh, I don't know. I just, I really just hope it comes back soon because, to be honest, it's no good for people's mental health and stuff because people rely on football. They love football, and it's it's good for everybody's. Minds and souls Certainly honestly Absolutely yeah, Right hopefully we can get people out But of course When it's safe to do so If it's deemed not safe Then so be it Mick in Glasgow Green Hopefully you enjoy the season Maybe we'll speak to you soon See that's what I like about Betfred Cup Day You don't often oh. get the chance To speak to many Clyde fans On the, yeah. the open line Or anyone else I like that Thank you to Mick uh, Hugh Quite the week We've got ahead Yeah um, I mean We've got an international match tomorrow and another one midweek and it's clearly important to Steve Clark and he's spoken about being creative with team selection and we'll all watch with interest. But there will come a time when international football will give way to domestic football and that will mean the most unusual happening in the history of Scottish football. I watched my first game between Celtic and Rangers 60 years ago and I would never... Ever in my lifetime I've thought That I would watch them play With no fans there I don't know Bizarre. how it'll play out But Alec We've got no option Yep big week ahead Alec Yeah I'm really looking forward to it You've obviously got the internationals Then it's a build up to the old firm So plenty to discuss Over the coming week Gordon Yeah I love football And I think that Once we get the Scotland games Out of the way Gordon Hopefully there'll be Positive results And something to build on Looking forward again and then it's a big build up to a massive, massive game. They'll, be, they'll, they'll both be fit, hoping that the players come back fit and well. I think that's one of the key well, things. Yeah, so you won't name a team just now, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much to Alex Ray, Gordon Biel, and Hugh Keevans. Thank you to the top team all around the grounds, going to some far flung destinations in the Betfred Cup today. But as always, the biggest thanks goes to you. Thanks for your company on a Saturday afternoon. We had great fun asking for your weirdest places that you've ever watched a football game. Great input on the footballing debates of the day as well. We are back on Monday night. Remember, Scotland play Slovakia at Hamden tomorrow. So we'll have all the post-match reaction to that. Scotland play again against Czech Republic midweek. And then you know what fixture is coming up on Saturday. So I'm sure it will be a busy week. Thanks again for joining us tonight. I know things are a bit tough at the moment. You maybe can't... uh, Go out and about as much as you usually would But Mr George Bowie He is about to come in And entertain you all with the GBX So enjoy that And we'll speak to you on Monday